I truly believe that happy and resilient employees is what we need now in hospitality industry to reinvigorate the businesses and really reinvigorate the sector. And the moment we have opportunity to do that, we need to be ready and we have to be able to face that challenge. Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tinkser. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out. The kind that both employees and customers love and support. In this episode, I talk with two of my new friends, Kitty Newman and Claudia Mitura. Kitty is the founder of Trapez Media and Claudia is the learning specialist. And they have united their powers to learn hospitality leaders to become more confident with using digital marketing. They have also launched a great podcast called And Happiness, focusing on something very important, how to create happiness in life and at work. They share a story how they built digital marketing workshop on the principles on how humans learn best. And this program have already helped leaders across the industry to grow their businesses throughout the pandemic. We talk about the power of storytelling via digital media and how to use your email database to build trust with your potential superfans. We also take a deep dive into how to build infrastructure that ensure better learnings within organizations. They also share some of their key lessons on round you keep happy and content in these crazy times. This is a conversation that will lift your mood and strengthen your belief that we will find a way through the other side. We all need to go through this together, so happy to talk with you about your challenges, so please book a chat with me on hospitalitymavericks.com. Grab your coffee, notebook, pen, and enjoy. We are almost out of lockdown, and we're going to go into something in the UK called some tears that nobody can understand, especially not operators. So the confusion are bigger than ever. And uh, the tension in the market, we just talked about it before we went live right now, that yeah, it, it is this uh, uh, difficult feel these days about you know being in hospitality, but there's still horizon, there's still a lot to be do. And uh, today we're going to be talking with uh, Kitty and Claudia about how do you actually tell your story in a better way as an, an operator. And then uh, people out there know that I love story and culture and think that's the key of everything you do. And uh, they've been doing some incredible things over the last six months. They will tell all about that them, themselves. But they have actually helped some operators really changing mindset and actually using social media and other marketing tools in a more efficient way, in a, in a way that actually brings maybe both customers' connection better, but also growth in their businesses. But I'll leave them to tell about that. So welcome to the podcast, ladies. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having us. Very excited to be on the podcast. Yes, so exciting. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. So so if uh, people haven't heard about Trapez Media and the Reset Menu, can you uh, just give people like your, your elevator uh, pitch uh, about what are you up to? What have you been doing? What have you, and also what I would like to know as well, what, what, what is happening in your world when we talk about pandemic? Yeah. Well, so I'm Kitty Newman, director of Trapeze Media, which is a creative digital marketing agency that leads with social. I have a particular um, interest, fascination, experience and love for the hospitality sector. And um, Claudia and I have 
over the last six months been developing a training program for the hospitality sector. So we have the first course, which Michael, you've actually been on, which is all about engagement and uh, partnerships and how to use social media to grow your business, reach local audiences um, organically, because that is a real challenge these days um, to get any sort of real traction with real audiences in social media. And there's frustrations, general managers, operations, restaurant owners. It's a challenge to get some, feel some love back from those social media channels. Um, So we work with a lot of different venues um, within their own local areas to um, build up on what they're doing. And then the second course, which is what we're launching at the moment is all around how to use paid advertising with your socials. So if you want to really kind of drive sales, see ROI, see a return on your investment and your efforts on social, you need to understand paid advertising. And that's what our second course has been. And Claudia has, is a, well, Claudia should explain what she does, but what's been amazing with working with Claudia on this project is that the course is actually works in terms of learning. It's not a presentation, it's interactive. Uh, We go through actual steps of how to implement what we're talking about and how to see a return for it for you, rather than it just be like a webinar. Great, Kitty and, and Claudia, tell tell us a little bit more about because you you do you're not a, a marketing person as as Kitty. You you have a totally different background, and that's actually probably a big reason too. Besides, that there's probably very good content in, but it's, you make it sticky in a way from a learning point of view. So tell us a bit about you and your background. Yes, absolutely. So I'm a work psychologist, which really means that I love data and evidence and really applying it to building impactful learning programs. And I'm also a learning and development specialist. And last three years, I've been working within hospitality sector, which I absolutely love. And uh, very much working with operators, general managers and chefs to progress their skills and accelerate their professional development. And in the reset menu... It was a fantastic project that me and Kitty embarked on because we could, as you pointed out, we really could bring our backgrounds together, her amazing digital and marketing hat and my psychology and learning hat and really put it together to make something impactful. And what is it that if you take us through, you know, like the, the, the top uh, experience of going because the people say, okay, well, that that's fine. Uh, well, it's probably just like one of these other social media courses. What is this like if you can put some example of what will happen when you take them through the re- reset menu? Yeah. So I'll tell you about each course. So we have three courses. The first is engagement, which is around, and that's targeted to local areas. And we put people into groups, we put businesses and venues into groups so that they can work with developing partnerships to run competitions. So by the end of the first course, we will have put in place several different opportunities to run a competition with someone else locally to you, which is what we're working with um, in the first lockdown, for example, we grew an account by several thousand followers by just leveraging different partnership opportunities. And this was for a wine brand who were only selling uh, through venues and restaurants. They weren't selling retail. And we used that opportunity to build relationships, run um, and reach new audiences in that way. And we take those learnings 
and pass them on to individual restaurants within the first course. The second course is where we focus on a precise strategy for how to make sales, drive bookings, drive web traffic through paid advertising. So we go through the course and show you how to set up a video view ad. I'll give you target um, KPIs, key performance indicators to hit. So looking at how much you should be spending and what key targets you should be hitting on that video ad. And then I'll show you exactly how to set up specific audiences to retarget to then drive people to your site. Now that might sound a bit technical because I'm trying to get in a two hour kind of course in a, in a summary. But what I'm trying to demonstrate is on that course, I'll show you exactly what to do based on successes that we've had working with some of the biggest restaurant groups in the, in the country. And the third course is around trust. So engagement, awareness, trust, spells eat. <laughs> and the third course is, with, uh, is trust where we bring in um, key partners and people that we work with. For example, uh, Francis Dore, who's the former marketing director of Caprice Holdings in the Ivy Collection. She's part of our, um, our team on that third course to do a Q&A. She's got restaurants running through her blood from the ground, and I've got digital running through my blood, if that's something that, that, that you could say. But you have those two, um, two sides to marketing that are so important. You need to know what's happening on the ground in the restaurant, but you need to have a hold of what's going on digitally. And that third course is where we look at trust. How do you maintain trust with your audience on the ground as well as email, and how do you keep people interested in what you're doing digitally? And uh, how, how many uh, operators or businesses have you taken through this program now? Um, because I can I can remember I wasn't the first one, and I uh, I took a couple of learnings with them because I was actually doing it as I was sitting there. I was not just presented to, so actually that was why it made it sticky for me because I was actually doing it. I was listening to what others were saying and the leveraging partnership, you're absolutely right because I was part of uh, of the business I was representing in that course, uh, Brighton Coffee Works. We were part of a group of uh, street food and I think we all saw a little boost when we started doing things together in a way. And it's often difficult for restaurants to work together. So I think actually if you can actually set those people together and start working together, massively leverage because you don't steal customers for each other because one day you want to eat burrito, another day you want to have a pizza, you know, you don't want the same food every day. So I think that's very clever. But what is it that, uh, you know, how many have gone through the program and what have been some of the learnings you had? With, with those uh, operators because I, I notoriously said that operators are a bit so have been a bit slow to become in front of their business when it comes to digital, digitalization and especially social media. They don't want to be in front of it. They actually just want to hide a bit sometimes. Yeah. Well, it's been really interesting, actually, because we've been selling it into business improvement districts across the country. Uh, we ran a course just the other week with North Knots, and we ran it a couple of times, actually. Um, and it's just really interesting speaking with different venues across the country, because each each area of the country is going through its own different challenges with regards to lockdown Um Every behavior and marketing messaging is so different for each of those businesses. So on each course, we have around 20 businesses and venues join um, to then get separated into smaller groups, which is one of the techniques that, that Claudia brought into the, to the course, looking at how we can 
learn on the course and make it interactive because something Claudia understands um, and brought to my knowledge was general managers, restaurant people, chefs, they do not want to sit still for very long. (laughs) And so saying do a two hour online course is not appealing in lots of ways. Um, And that was something that Claudia made clear and actually is a real, um, has you said, what's been the learnings? The learning is that interactivity on the course is definitely super valuable. I think it's really important to stress that the course is built on those three principles of how we learn better. And the number one is we learn through storytelling. Uh, This is because our brain has this amazing capacity to put ourselves in the shoes of someone else. So we we encourage through those groups and we encourage through those accountability uh, groups and sessions to really make sure that people share each other's story and they learn from each other. Then the second aspect of learning is demonstration. This is something you, Michael, mentioned that because you were doing it, you took away those learnings. So again, we put participants in the situations where they need to do it right now, right here. Not tomorrow, not maybe next month, but right now, which makes it very practical. And for hospitality people who are so practical and on their feet all the time, I think that makes wonder. And the, the final aspect is play because I know that as adults, we may be thinking that play is quite frivolous activity and we're wasting our time. But actually, there are lots of studies showing that if we are playful, when we have fun, we actually will learn more and we will be much more persistent with completing the task. So those are the kind of the three principles that I try to bring in into the reset menu. And that, that's super interesting. Is that from a you know a well uh, researched uh, kind of uh, theory or approach from somebody? Does that have a specific name or something which people were interested in that? Actually, you not really. It's not a model. It's something that I like to apply in my practice. Good, 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 good. So that's super interesting that you actually through your own experiences have developed this model that you're actually now using for this course uh, to make it sticky. Uh, the one of the things I noticed that was very interesting was that you put people out, you know, you put them in breakout groups. Uh, but actually those that, you know, I can't remember how much time we had, but it felt like, you know, that was where the real learning was, not because your content was not good enough, but that's actually where you listen to somebody else dealing with their social media problem. You learned a lot. And actually it's these 1% drops of small knockers saying, oh, that's interesting. If that's how you do it, okay, are you following those people to get that kind of uh, traffic? I don't know if you've seen the same for, for people when they've been out in those groups. The It's a massive learning opportunity to listen to somebody else's business or social media channels. That's exactly it. It's, it's all about the communication. And I think, like you mentioned at the beginning, this isn't a competitive I mean, it's super competitive, but we are, the space at the moment is so collaborative and supportive. And actually there's so many learnings to share and so many mistakes to share. So on the second course and the paid advertising course, it's a really interesting space for me at the moment because I've worked in digital for 12 years. We've worked, I've been working specifically within hospitality for the last five years. And the way that the hospitality sector has come to digital in the last year is like a hundred times faster than it's been over the last four years. We are seeing people looking at paid advertising on social with a completely different outlook. So 
Whereas if you take e-commerce, for example, you can see a sale come through from a social media ad that you've been running. You can see how much value there was to that ad. We would call that a return on investment. Typically in the past with hospitality, it's been very difficult to track that return on investment because you'll see your customer come through to your site and then they'll go to a third party booking widget or um, they'll go elsewhere or they just they won't book online. They'll come and walk in to book. Right now, we're looking at things like um, people having their own booking widget, booking platforms on their site. So that closes off that sale. You can see exactly where that sales come from. People are investing in their own delivery services as opposed to going and sending traffic to delivery just eat uber eats i think those services are amazing but i think that it's such an interesting space for digital and hospitality right now to take ownership of your customers again and then also to look at email marketing and how you close the loop on that customer and keep hold of that data and really start to manage what you're doing on digital in a way that e-commerce has been doing for a lot longer. Right now, this digital space for hospitality is so exciting to me. It's super interesting what you say there, because I've seen some of the same things that, you know, when it all happened, uh, there was really a big dial-up on, you know, just get on Deliveroo, Uber, and try to sell your product. And now they suddenly they found out, well, there is actually solutions where I can take back control, but also I can take the margins back. But that's that's the challenge with the, the third parties, the margin. So we're actually moving from like from a, a third tier to a first tier, where actually where you are in control again of the experience, but also the margins and the communication that goes out to the uh, to the customers. As you say, very interesting, as you say, and then you can actually have the whole relationship with your core customers, because the core customers were, would probably like to buy directly from you. That's how I feel when I want to buy for somebody. I would like to deal directly with the, the brand. Uh, I, I, I don't want to go through a third-party platform. Um, that's super interesting. What, what, what has been the, the biggest surprise for you two in, in this pandemic and when it comes to hospitality? And you, you, you're a bit like suppliers sitting and looking in at it. And it's, it is a difficult time. Um, there's, there's some people that have success, other people are, you know, trying to towel in and other people are just struggling a lot. But, but what has been like, what thing, wow, this was like, okay, uh, this has been one of the biggest, you know, surprises in our world and uh, the clients we work with. Um, I mean, for me personally, I've, uh, I went through the story with hospitality in the sense that uh, my company has uh, been very much impacted by the pandemic and 60% of the roles that were on offer, including mine, has been made redundant. So I was, you know, in those statistics of what's happening in hospitality of people losing jobs. Um, so that was obviously very, very difficult. But through that time, what became very clear to me is, yes, we're going through a very difficult time, but this is the time to really look after people and their happiness and well-being. And this is actually one of the reasons why myself and Kitty, we started and Happiness podcast because we wanted to remind people that even during such a challenging times uh, when the world is crum the world as we know it cr is crumbling around us we need to be looking after our well-being and resilience um so i think that's the kind of the biggest learning for me don't forget about your happiness and if you are still in the business 
and lo- your team has been made, lots of people has been made redundant, but you are still there. Really keep af- keep looking after your well-being and make sure that your team is happy. Because I truly believe that happy and resilient employees is what we need now in hospitality industry to reinvigorate the businesses and really reinvigorate the sector. And the moment we have opportunity to do that, we need to be ready and we have to be able to face that challenge. Yeah, it's, it's spot on, I think, because uh, there will be, uh, I would, it would not, never go back to normal. There will be a new time where we need the people to, to, to deliver. And if we, we all, you know, it, it, the, one of the biggest challenges I think we have as an industry, it's uh, people say it's the pandemic. Yes, right here now, the pandemic is putting financial pressure. I think actually we have, as you say, we will have a big workforce channels uh, ahead of us and especially a mental health crisis. Uh, in general, the, the you know the society will have that. But I think really the the hospitality sector, because yeah, many people, especially frontline employees, they they already live on very tight budgets, and it's not the the, the highest paid uh, sector in the world. So yeah, so I think yeah, I think you're spot on there, Claudia. I think you are you're right. Uh, this is exactly where we need to 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 focus because we're going to need those people as we emerge from the situation. Katie, what has been uh, your learnings? Oh, biggest surprise. I mean, there's been surprises every week, honestly. We've been we've been having to respond so quickly to things, as everybody has. I mean, the way that the innovation that the sector has has showed is incredible. Um, we're working with Dirty Bones at the moment, and they've just opened up their Kensington flagship store as a curbside pickup location. So they've got a hatch. I think I think the venue used to be it, it was an old hot dog um, hatch, and then they've re, they the restaurants existed for a long time now, but they've gone back to their kind of original venue. They've people are driving up, picking their burgers up, and going. It's like that's awesome that you that they've you know innovated in that way and turned it around. And we've been watching brands that have been launching online only deliveries. Um, you know, within a few. Well, it looks like they've launched overnight and they've been huge successes or, or appear to be huge successes. You don't, nobody knows what's going on behind the scenes, but I'm just amazed and astounded by the brilliant creativity that comes from these brand designs like Rice Era. I absolutely love what they're doing from the guy, the Bow guys, and their website is so interesting and old school kind of bit. I just think the creativity in the sector has been inspiring. <laughs> Yeah, and it's super interesting because I had a chat uh, with a couple of people and they all say that the only thing we have to, you know, one of the things we have to take away from the pandemic is this, you know, urge to innovate at this level, a pace, because actually they said that actually the industry have had lost a bit of that prior to the pandemic, actually. So if there's any positives that, that you know, how we actually very quickly can mobilize and do things. Sometimes where we say, oh, we can't do that. We can do that next year. All those blockers that comes in from, you know, it's a bit like seeing them become startups again. Uh, and I guess mo- even no matter how big you are as a business in hospitality right now, I, know, I will say we're all in the same boat. We're starting up again. It's startup again. 
is a new and uh, maybe you have some legacy infrastructure, some assets and stuff like that as a team, but you're starting again. This is the time to an opportunity actually to restart actually and, and keep on innovating because I, I think you are you're spot on. I've been surprised about that. I was a, a bit concerned to thinking are they actually gonna move fast enough to to get but uh, lots of brands if you have said you massive creativity and, and move on. Um I want to go back a bit of talking a bit about the operators and the ability to, you know, use their social media and email marketing, because you talked about you're closing that loop before in the course. Um, and I think often, you know, many operators, uh, they, they do some social media activity, but it becomes a bit like uh, showing products. That's not like a consistent, it's not campaign driven. It's in principle, just a lot of posts and a lot of content, uh, which is the first step in a way. But now we are maybe in uh, version two, where it's actually about you telling stories. I've seen some operators done incredible things, both locally and national, where you see the founders or the head of the businesses are suddenly in front of the business talking about the story and why we're here, why we care, why you should come and join us and eat with us uh, when we open again or go and pick up our delivery what what is your view on like the adaptiveness of like having you know storytelling you talked about that in the course as well because i i believe if you you don't have a story in the future you have nothing to sell only products and thereby you become a commodity and commodities they compete on one thing price so what is your view on that and what is happening in in the space well, I always recommend to people who are struggling to find a story is to think of themselves as a journalist for their business. And I think people struggle to put themselves out there and feel we have a slide in, we have a, a section in the in the course about gremlins that you say to yourself around, oh, nobody's interested, no one wants to see so much of my content, people are bored, I don't want to put too much out there. But actually... People are interested and people do like to, uh, to know a story. I think people that are that like to go out, you know, you meet the waiter, you start talking to them, you have a nice exchange, you have an interaction. The people are interested to know about what more is happening to that person in their in the the situation that we're in now. But also when we come out of this and we're in normal life, it's just it's nice and fun and interesting. And in social media can be this happy place of creativity. We've actually just done an episode, social media and happiness, around how we can start to use social media and try and shake off a few of these gremlins and pressures and anxieties around using it. Um, Because it is a tool. We shouldn't let social media dominate our lives quite as much as as we might do. But we take an active choice within within the platforms to show people what they're interested in and 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 get attention on your on your brand just to add to that I, I i'm going to come back to this aspect of happiness for me hospitality industry is all about happiness we are delivering a service entertainment event you name it to make other people happy and i really think that if you come from it from such approach then you really shouldn't have those confidence gremlins of people don't want to listen to it i don't have time because you want to make other people happy. So share the story about your brand, how you can make people happy. And I really think that if you really flip your mindset, people get attracted to that authentic social media happiness sharing. 
Yeah, and I guess also suppose being vulnerable, like people I've seen, you know, some operators gone out and like I, uh, I didn't even know their brand existed before they went out, and then they talked about the story about the, the the problems they're in now, what they're doing inside their businesses to survive, and they probably did it because you know there was nothing else they could do. They didn't have a budget to do anything. They had to use themselves. The gun was pointing a bit on them. It's either that or we are closing within some very short time. And it's been brilliant to see how suddenly those businesses has got, you know, like a following. Uh, they had some already local fans, but they've even become bigger. And especially local operators, independent operators, have really seen that that changes. Who is uh, one of the best examples of being really good at this, in, in your view, what are some of the best ones in uh, hospitality or maybe outside hospitality really use the social media as a platform for telling, you know, authentic, happy stories uh, and actually, you know, drives positivity, uh, customer and growth to their businesses? I mean, I have to say that I think I listened to your episode with Ed from the Epicurean and I was very inspired by what he was saying and the approach that they've taken. Um, no, that's not necessarily in social media, but I think in their mark, you know, the the message, the the, the things that they've been doing with um, working with bringing. I think you'll know Michael, but they uh, working with people that were living on the streets to then start up a pizza pla- pizza place and not failing anyone. I don't know. I just found that episode of yours very inspiring. I think that that marketing message putting himself out there he was being quite open and vulnerable in your conversation and your marketing doesn't need to just link into your social media it can come through in different areas too so i know that's not technically answering your specific question but it's- you know, I, th- I think i think actually I, I wasn't i wasn't even thinking about it Ed, but you're absolutely right because he is uh he's also uh he's vocal about some things and uh, some people would agree with some would disagree i agree with him on most things uh he says uh but also he used himself as an active ambassador for the different brands he's involved in to actually get, you know, either build partnerships or, uh, and I think there's people that, that, that comes and buy for from their kitchen just because they know they're doing that. And I think there's a lot of people doing these things. They just forget to tell them, oh, well, it's not to me to tell. Well, it is actually because the world needs to know so more people can join you and get inspired from you because we need to put a bit of kindness and positivity into the world. So I think I think that's a, a, a really good example I was also thinking about, and, and you know this uh, program uh, very well, uh, Kitty as well, the the, uh, the the dent program, the accelerator program. Daniel Priestley he talks a lot about, you know, yeah, you need to be, you know, the the forefront of your businesses, uh, and you need to be, uh, you know, the key person that tells the story because nobody else will will tell the story, and people will buy the story and not the product. The product is just a transaction within the story. So I think uh, I think that's super, super interesting. Well, so check out Daniel Priestley and Dent and what they're doing. Um, that's some interesting thoughts for, for any operator to le- read a book that's called Key Person of Influence. I normally give that to 
many operators I work with because that's actually the biggest challenges that they're hiding as a leader. Um, what 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 about our email marketing? And uh, you know, because you I don't know if you touched on that in your you said that you touched on that in your second program because I believe uh, being an operator myself and also that email marketing is sometimes it's a bit of a forgotten thing, but you have this database with all these people in, and there's so many opportunities to connect with them and add value in their life. Because, you know, the, the, the motherfucker of all habits is your email. How many times don't you check that every day? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, totally. Email's such a funny one. When I started working in digital, so that was 12 years ago, um, I started working in email marketing. And um, even then, we'd go to conferences and it would be sort of like content is king and email is dead, things like this. But... Email, I think, is having a real resurgence and that's where your power lies because once you've got that data, it's yours. And I mean, we don't want to talk about people like in such kind of blanket terms as data, but the thing is, if people are interested in your brand, it doesn't matter if you've got a database of 100,000 or 1,000 people that are genuinely really interested in what you've got to say. If you keep them um, up to date, I mean, and... Again, it's kind of being um, putting in processes in place, putting processes in place to mean that you actually do your emails and bringing support in to help you. Your team um, can help you to write these emails and get the get the content out there. So, yeah, I think that in a world where data becomes more and more valuable to individual businesses, I think email is definitely something that needs to be um, part of the marketing strategy. And I think that email nowadays also has the power to start concentrating on positive news. I mean, we are surrounded by news when it bleeds, it leads, and it's exhausting and it's not good for our mental health either. And actually creating an email marketing for your brand that brings people the joy and the positivity on a regular basis will mean, will mean that people will associate you with positive outcomes and will start developing that warm uh, purpose-led connection so i think definitely fantastic platform when we're sharing positive news yeah and i guess i guess it's not also email gives the opportunity to tell about your your business not just from a product point of view as you say that like that there is also positive stories about you know you know, teams coming together, helping each other, feeding each other, as Ed talked about in his podcast, where he, you know, he helped people not just on the street, but where the team actually helped each other and actually came together in a way. As we could tell those stories, you know, you're, you're putting seeds in the ground for the future and people need some happy news. If you want some sad news, you can just put in BBC or whatever you use, Guardian, and then you, you definitely get your, your day. So I, I never watch the news. That's one of my rules because I will be told by social media or my friends what I need to know. <laughs> and, and I think it's it's a real thing of trusting in your team as well. And I think everything that Claudia is saying around making your team, you know, making sure that your team are happy. And one way that we found within Trapeze Media is trust and entrusting your team and giving people space to be creative and and appreciating that it's it kind of blossoms and blooms and you get so much back when you give that out you get so much back and i think that if you've got 
look at who's in your team and what can you what can you entrust them with and that supports you in delivering these things and also means that you're kind of you're bringing things out of your team too I think that there's so many different creative talent so much creative talent within the sector and the industry and yes Daniel Pink is the author of the book called Drive and he actually explains the reasons why do we work you know why do we show up to work every day um especially when things are challenging and the three things that you can start implementing within uh, the team is the autonomy so really giving empowering people to make those decisions and moving them to the front line stuff uh, mastery so people actually use their strengths and you progressing their skills as a leader and you coach them to progress and purpose so again bringing that storytelling and linking their experience to the purpose of the organization and the brand. Uh, if you can do those three things, uh, he's really militant that your happiness and resilience within the team will go through the roof. And thereby your sales and your loyalty from your customers will go up and that will, of course, generate profit and thereby uh, both uh, the employees, the customers and the shareholders are happy, uh, which comes back to the surface profit chain. But one interesting thing there, Claudia, I want to touch with you on. You, you talk about, you know, purpose because a lot of businesses started out with a purpose then at some point as they grow they sometimes forget that purpose and the purpose suddenly disappear because it's not clear from if you are an employee or customer that this purpose actually exists and it doesn't have to be to to save the world or uh, from hunger or what it is there can be small things you do in your communities like ed's business that's very community-led uh, or it could be things you do for your people but nobody knows that this is your beliefs and behaviors have you seen that as well that that sometimes can be a challenge because uh, if you don't start with the purpose it's very difficult to give people autonomy because what are the rules i'm giving you autonomy under Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I think sometimes what happens is if you have your business, you start with a very, have this core values and then the business grows because it's successful and the values and really the purpose, they start kind of being um, dissolved slightly. So I think as a leader, it's so important that you keep communicating the purpose and you almost putting people through this storytelling of five whys of why do we exist from kind of individually how that impacts me as an employee to what impact do we have as the community and society and it's keep reminding people about that purpose through this power of why Um, but in terms of autonomy to really people have autonomy and not be scared to innovate and take risks we already mentioned with behind that there is trust if you don't trust your people then you won't create a safe environment will you be more going towards micromanagement and we don't like that at all, um, where people will be afraid to um, take risks and be innovative because they will feel that there is a stick coming because something went wrong. So if you don't want that to happen, trust first, and then you'll be able to give people more freedom. Is that something, uh, if I take it a bit uh, into the future, I would like to ask you both of you, but I'll start with you, Claudia. Now we are, we are in this uh, a very interesting conversation about trust and autonomy. Is that something you think that will change as we go forward? Because as an industry, we are 
known and historical been you know quite top down uh and some businesses are more autonomous than others but there is a i i come from a an organization like mcdonald's very top down procedures you need to follow the algorithm there's a good reason for that because that's how the business works but within that structure there is some certain autonomy if you understand how to use that but would you see an industry what i'm trying to ask you do you think we will see an industry where there will be more power on decision and more autonomy in the front line than it has been before. Yes, absolutely. I would definitely say that we're going towards a concept called teal organizations. And that what that really means is self-organized units that are working under one brand. And the sooner we get there in terms of organization, the more innovative and more empowering you will be as a brand. So giving that power to the people at the front line and losing that hierarchy is something that I think can only uh, benefit the industry and the teal organizations are definitely on the horizon. We have so much to learn uh, from technology sector about this concept because many of them, that's their kind of operating system. That's super interesting. I totally agree. Uh, I, I I can hear you've read uh, the similar books as I read and we preach when we work with our clients. And uh, we've been talking about this for three years. And uh, and this now people actually want some of this. And this quite funny. They want to talk about how do I actually create more autonomy within the unit? How do I actually have less management layers because they can see that's where, you know, lots of the margin disappeared. And how can I use technology to make this happen? Like you said, tech companies are a great example of e-commerce companies, uh, uh, very different setup. Yeah. But that's that's a different conversation, uh, Claudia, all in all. I mean, we can spend hours on that. So what, what do you think is going to happen, uh, Kitty, within the, the sector? This is a very interesting point, you know, changing the way we work but what's going to happen in general if you had a crystal ball so uh claudia says that the way we work is going to change the way we organize ourselves what do you think that's going to be be different when we let's say 12 18 months in time what's happened in the industry and how does the market look well i think the spike in attention from deliveries isn't going to go anywhere i think it's going to be much more around creating a restaurant experience at home and how you can bring in the additional kind of sensory elements of the restaurant to the home. And we're looking at a lot of technological and digital ways of doing that with augmented reality and filters and whether you can have a scanning um, AR filter that scans part of the bag that your delivery comes in and then things spill out into your room and you have this kind of experiential thing. The, the the problem with things like that is how far is the gimmick to an actual experience? And there's lots of things you can do with Spotify playlists and, you know, there's, there's things here, but I think we're just scratching the surface at the moment of how that will evolve. The way that people are using QR codes, like they're nothing now, whereas QR codes have existed for years and years and years, like a long time, but suddenly everybody knows how to use them and these behaviors that people have had to start making and doing are now second nature. No one gives a second thought to scanning a QR code. So that's how I think the the things will evolve. I don't think any restaurants are not going anywhere either. We're not going to want to stop going out and meeting our friends in restaurants. I, I'm completely certain about that. But definitely um, there's a future for additional strings to people's bows, I think. 
Super interesting. Again, also you touch on uh, the importance of not just ending the experience by the, the door when you walk out of the restaurant. Well, how can you actually take it home? And there's been some brands like Leon has been very good during the pandemic, in my view, on actually getting to the front door of people as well. When we can't serve you in our shops, we can now, you can take the, the Leon experience home. Uh, true products and different things. Some people have also done workshops, uh, how to bake bread, how to, to do food uh, uh, at home from scratch. You know, it's been very interesting. Or some of them have just seen them how you make food out of the cupboard. Uh, there's a uh, one of my favorite restaurants in Brighton is called Man Juice, and they have like shown people how you actually make some of these basic Indian dishes, and their food is incredible. One of the things I miss most from from restaurants is, is their hospitality and their food. Uh, they are unfortunately still because of their size uh, locked down uh, but they're going to come back they have promised people on social media coming back to what we talked about before they've been in touch with people Dirty Bones actually are doing home a lot of people are doing home kits and Dirty Bones are doing home kits and also doing um, bigger bookings so looking at the kind of upcoming Christmas and the ambiguous answers that we have and not knowing what's going to happen looking at how they can sort of cater for bigger groups so doing corporate bookings and doing cook-alongs so have the chef in the kitchen you can sign in and see and do a cook-along with the with the chef so I think those sorts of innovations are great and and actually I love home kits so you saying with Manji's I, I got a home kit from Wild Floor and it was I loved it it just it felt like such a treat a lovely little date night for myself cooking my three course restaurant meal at home and I'd love to keep doing that as well as going out to restaurants when we can super super so this is one of my favorite questions and some of the guests hate this question but it is it's important you know we can talk about our successes but the biggest learnings as Claudio probably knows comes from our failures that's where the biggest learning is so in general, now you're both uh, in in the world in hospitality. What is the the biggest failure you've done, and what did you actually learn from that? And how are you taking that on with you as one of the fund- fundamentals in the way you operate? So I don't know if there's one of you to want to start out first. Uh, maybe Claudia, you want to to hit off. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. You're right. Spot on. Uh, when we fail, we learn quite a lot uh, in a very quick way. Um, I think my failures, um, one biggest failure was when I was imp- implementing some of the learning development programs really in the beginning, many years back. I would really almost forget to include people in that. So I would try to push the program onto them rather than pull them in. And one, what that then happened was that the program wasn't successful because people didn't want to do it. <laughs> and it will be, you know, now obviously it's very obvious, but to old Claudia, it really wasn't. And so now, obviously, in my practice, I always make it even more people centered that I don't design the learning and development program. Yes, I'm a learning and development specialist and I'm a psychologist and I have the evidence and data and concepts, but I ask people what they truly need and how it would work for them. So I really engage people in this conversation and then design the programs. Super interesting, super interesting learning. Kitty, what about you? Well, I think I'm thinking about my business, so Trapeze Media and the learnings we've made in this last five years have been huge. If I think about how we, how I behave now and how I work with the teams, I think my 
my mistakes have been around my own capabilities to manage things and not learning around trusting other people and so as soon as I could take as soon as I could it wasn't that I could or couldn't trust people any more or less but that I would take a step back and a breather and learn to be more present and less knee-jerk uh, those have been the biggest learnings because it's not only meant that things have gone better because I'm using, I'm working with people whose skills are, are, are much more um, favorable to those tasks, but also it's meant that the relationships with the people that I work with have been become brilliant because we trust each other. There's a, there's a level playing field and a respect and actually people bring more ideas. The business has grown through those ideas. So that learning to trust and take a breath and not panic because <laughs> I've made mistakes when I've panicked and that's where things have gone wrong. But you had to make them. So I, was, uh, I think I have so many, I have met so many mentors that said to my early years of running my own business, don't panic, Michael, it'll be all right. But of course I panicked because I had to have the pain before I get the learning. So in the end of the podcast, uh, we always ask the, the guests to, to give uh, three advice. So since you're two, I will give you two advice each you can share with the industry and the leaders out there. So, Claudia, what would you be your top advice to, to leaders out there in the current situation where we are trying to find a way back or finding a new future? Let's call it that instead. Sure. I mean, I already mentioned it. For me, it's all about happiness. Happiness of your teams and your well-being as well. So number one advice is to look after it. Make it your priority. I know that you have to deliver on strategy. I know we need to be innovating and there is so much changing and you need to be responding to that. But put it on your to-do list. Happiness and resilience. And the second is how to do it. Look into those concepts of autonomy, purpose, and mastery. Uh, look into the overall concept of resilience, uh, how really um, help people to talk about mental health and how to have supportive conversations with your team. So a simple practical bit is, are you asking your team how happy they are on a weekly basis? And when you are asking, are you asking twice? So when, when you ask, how are you? And people said, I'm fine because they're very British. <laughs> are you asking again to really understand what is your team and each individual member going through? Um, if you can start really gathering that information and acting on it, your team will accelerate. And it's super interesting. I'll just put a, a touch on there. When you ask that question, how are you doing? You can almost feel in the way they answer. If you look at them and just are present for a moment, you will pick up, do I need to get involved here as a leader? Or they're just saying it to get rid of me. Um, and they will find out they can't get rid of you when they give you that answer. So they will tell you the truth as you go forward. So super interesting observations there. Great advice, uh, Claudia. And you, Kitty, what is your top two advice to to leaders out there I mean those were so good but if we're looking at from a digital perspective um I would say that planning ahead is so valuable it's hard to do at the moment with things changing at such short notice 
But if you can have an idea about what's happening in the next, uh, we, we plan our content two weeks ahead and we try and have kind of three month overarching plans of where we're going. Um, and it helps your marketing managers, helps the people that are delivering your content to be able to manage that time and not have to react so quickly because that's where a lot of stresses come from is, is having to react quite short notice. And the other piece of advice would be to look at paid advertising with regards to your social media marketing. If you're doing social media you will find that the traction is tough on the organic without any paid. They, they, they want you to pay to play if you like, but you don't have to spend a huge amount of money. You just need to think about how you're spending it. So um, I would consider looking at paid advertising and um, getting a strategy in place for how to um, get the most out of your social media because those efforts you're putting in, they will go somewhere Good, very good, Kitty and uh, Claudia. Uh, where where can uh, people find out more about you, you two, if they want to 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 find you, Claudia? Where where should people look to to find out a bit more about you, and maybe connect with you if they would like to know a bit more about how to learn better and also how to build different organizations with autonomy. I think they can head to andhappiness.co.uk. Um, this is the website for the podcast and happiness, but there is lots of information about me there. And also they'll be able to LinkedIn with me. And please do. I'm happy to answer any questions you may have. If you just want to have a bit of interactive brainstorming discussion, I'm more than happy to share some of my thoughts. Great. And you, Kitty? So they could go to trapezemedia.co.uk and there you can see case studies of um, lots of restaurants that we've worked with, lots of brands and um, marketing that we've we've done for restaurant brands, as well as more information on the Reset menu, which is the hospitality training program that Claudia and I have created. Good. And we will put links in the show notes so people can uh, find out about that as well and all the books and theories you, you mentioned as well. So super to to catch up with you both and thank you for sharing you know all your experience and, and learnings you have had i'm sure that uh, there's people out there that have some nuggets they're gonna pull out of this so uh, i'm sending you all the the power and energy you guys need to to move forward in uh, in this uh, crazy time and uh, i will see you in due course thanks so much michael it's lovely thank you so much that was a pleasure Amazing advice, Kitty and Claudia, both on the digital marketing and how to ensure better learning slash leadership in your organization. If you want to get inspired more about how to become better at digital marketing, check out episode 71 with Mark Smith, who is the founder of Double Up Social, on telling your story digitally. And also on workplace happiness, tune in to episode 34, Love It or Leave It, Creating Workplace Happiness with Samantha Clark, happiness consultant, author, and founder of the Growth and Happiness Schools. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it, rate it, review, or subscribe to one of our channels. Tune in next time for another interview. And in the meantime, find out more about us and subscribe to our community and download free leadership tools at hospitalitymavericks.com. And don't worry, if you didn't get all of this, there will be links in the show notes. Thanks for listening and be maverick.